Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Karen Dova with me. Welcome to my podcast, Karen. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> Karen Dova is the CEO and co-founder of No Isolation, and she studied interaction design and have worked with startups in the tech incubator Startup Lab, and also started a consultancy company named UX Lab. And right now, she and her team are working towards a big goal, to help people out of social isolation and loneliness. So tell me, Karen, what made you take this very step? Oh, well, it's uh, quite exactly two years ago that me and my two co-founders decided that we were going to start this company, No Isolation. And uh, the name kind of says it, that loneliness is, uh, is the only thing that we're going to be working with. But loneliness is, of course, extremely big. And we had all experienced it in some level <laughs> or another. And I think for us, it... Uh, it was actually quite easy, and this is a question that we get a lot, like, why did you start? But it was never a why, and it was never a what. It was super easy. It was going to be no isolation, and we had no idea what products we were going to be building, and we, uh, we didn't know exactly what user groups we would be working with. There are, of course, a lot of people that are lonely, but we, uh, we knew that we were going to work with loneliness. And you've started with children uh, suffering from uh, long-term illness. So yeah. t tell me about this fantastic avatar I've heard about that you've built for children. Yeah, no, uh, we started with kids because we thought we could have the biggest impact on individual lives uh, there. And more specifically, kids that are suffering from long-term illness. Uh, so those who are away from school for months at a time because they physically cannot go. Uh, so you have a lot of cancer patients and chronic fatigue and other diagnosis. And uh, the avatar that we built is a small robot and it uh, represents you so you can send the robot to school and control it from home. Uh, so you can see everything and you can talk to your friends in class and you can come along for field trips and you can come home with them after school and attend birthdays and everything. So we, uh, no, we built a physical presence for those who cannot go themselves. Mm. It's fantastic. And in which countries do you, uh, do you sell this? We started in uh, Norway and we, uh, we actually soft launched uh, last September. So uh, we're closing up on a year in sales. And so far we, we've sold quite a few units in Sweden and Denmark as well. And also some in the Netherlands and in the UK. And we're, uh, we're actually scaling out in Eastern Europe as well now. because so we got some amazing people on the team that comes from Eastern Europe. So we, uh, we're in uh, seven countries now. Wow, great. And of course, the more the better. I mean, the more children you can help, the better. So what do you hope for in terms of uh, growth? We want to use the rest of the fall to conquer Europe and make more of a footprint here. But we're also looking into the U.S. market, and I think we'll, uh, that will be more of a spring project for us than, uh, than this fall. But at the same time, we're, uh, we're developing a senior product and it's going to be something very different than a robot. Everyone assumes that we're uh, 
taking a robot and adapting it, but we're not at all. We've been doing research on the seniors since uh, January, and then there's a huge difference between the kids and those over 80. Because with the kids, you kind of you have the school as a hub, you know yeah. that they should have been out there. But with the seniors, it's not that easy because you have uh, dementia and you have mobility issues, and you have those mm. who does not have a network, and you also have the families surrounding the seniors that are unable to reach out to them and you have um, very different motivations as well like some of them uh, are perfectly fine with only talking to someone once a day but uh, when you start looking at the hours that they spend alone it's quite insane and we want to we want to change that but it had to be something very very different than the robot but loneliness is a I mean a problem in itself but the problems it creates I guess is so much greater than we can imagine so what do you see evolving and what's the awareness around this well since we started I actually think a lot has been happening in the UK they're really good at talking about loneliness and the effects of it and a lot of research has over the past 10 years proved that loneliness is just as dangerous as smoking just as dangerous as obesity you go into this stress mode when you don't have people around you and people you can trust. And that stress mode is extremely dangerous. So mm. we, uh, I think the awareness is, is okay uh, for now, but we are definitely going to do our bits on helping that awareness. And I think that's, that's also a part of our company's role in the world, that we want to enable others to help people out of loneliness as well, because it's definitely too big a job for us to do on our own. Yeah. So we, uh, if we can contribute to that awareness, nothing is better. And we're, uh, we're sharing quite a lot and we're uh, working with the research. Uh, are you cooperating with the you know, organizations and politicians and others in order to get the awareness up there? Yeah, uh, quite a few organizations actually, but a lot of the diagnosed organizations are already working on loneliness mm. with their users. Uh, but then you have Psykisk uh, Helse in Norway, and they've been uh, they've been working a lot on loneliness lately because they're they're seeing that it's costing society a lot to treat these people afterwards. And uh, we've also had the Minister of Health by our office a couple of times, and uh, it's uh, starting mm. to come on the agenda in Norway at least. And we still have a job to do out in the world, of course. Mm. We're uh, yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> and you, you moved uh, some years ago to the Netherlands to, I know, to set up your first office there outside of Norway. And, uh, and now you're on your way to London, right? Yeah. Uh, so six months ago, we set up uh, the office uh, in Amsterdam. And it was, Norway is not a part of the EU, which is a... Not a perfect situation for us. We're shipping hardware, so we uh, <laughs> we needed to have a logistics hub uh, in <laughs> within the EU. So uh, Amsterdam became a very natural hub for us. Uh, it's in the middle of everything, and mm. we uh, we built the office from there. And now we're uh, now I moved back to Oslo for a short period of time just to land on my feet before I move to London because I think that will be our our next hub. And uh, how come it was uh, London? Much because of the awareness that is already there, we're getting traction very easily. Uh, people understand what we're talking about. You don't have to convince anyone that uh, what we're doing is important. Whilst in uh, Scandinavia, we're, we're super good at treating, but we're not as good in uh, trying to prevent. And I think the UK is uh, actually quite a lot ahead of us when it comes to preventing and, uh, and taking the psychological issues 
seriously, seeing that that's just as important and it will have a massive effect on your physical health. So we're, um, the UK kind of stood out in awareness and where they are uh, governmentally as well and what they want to work on. Older people, it's easier to understand that they are more you know, vulnerable due to uh, loss of friends, family, and mobility yeah. and health and all that. But what about young people? I mean, how is their uh, use of social media also contributing to their social isolation? So that is, we've worked quite a lot on this because uh, we have all these amazing communication tools. We have our phones and we have our computers and we have the social media and we have, we have everything. And, and there's quite a few telepresence robots even. But all of them, or at least the thread that I can see is that all of it is made to make people more efficient. So you don't talk to someone on Facebook to have those long and good conversations and everything's just supposed to be faster and fit into your day because your day is getting more and more packed. And all of the technology that we can find, it kind of uh, it enhances that efficiency instead of saying, hey, slow down. Maybe, maybe we should like, set off that time to have the boring and long conversation where we get to know each other and where you uh, yeah, just be together because at some point you're going to learn something about someone you already knew. And uh, yeah, technology isn't there yet, but we want to we want to bring it there. Great. But if we move back to you yourself, uh, you know, what would you describe as your passion? You know, something that you really not just enjoy, but you're really willing to you know also suffer for if it's needed. Well, I think the the most insane feeling that I've ever had is uh, seeing someone using something that. Uh, I have made, <laughs> I've contributed making AV1 and now 200 kids are using it to be in school. And that feeling, I think yeah. I, I sacrifice almost anything <laughs> to keep having that feeling. And also, uh, yeah. I think that the, the passion moment of that for me is, uh, it's all about the UX and the user experience and the fact that they keep using it because we, we built something that works hmm. and, uh, no, the, the whole usability of everything, that you can, you can create something that someone needs and they can take use of it, definitely. Hmm. Giving is a gift in itself. But I, I imagine also that building a team around this and building a company around this is also so much more fun and in a way easier because you have such a meaningful product in itself. I think it has helped us a lot in attracting exceptional people so uh, that has been willing to sacrifice some salary and they're, they're working their hours having fun. And, and mm. the culture you can build around that is uh, insane, really. Uh, so you, uh, you have a really good time at work. And I also think that we've been, uh, we've been extremely focused on finding those people and we get a lot of applicants, but the mm. cultural fit is just as important as the technical one. So we're, uh, mm. we're super picky in terms of you're here because you want to change someone's life mm. and you want to have fun with technology. And I, I don't think those two are contradictory at all. I think they can really go well together. So uh, those are the people that, we, uh, that we're always looking for. Mm. Are you intentionally also looking to, you know, mix the age groups of people who work for your company in the future? Diversity goes in 
Mm. all axes really uh, that is age and that is uh, where you come from and that is gender and it's it's attitudes and it's uh, it's everything and when i say cultural fit i don't mean uh, a 27 year old girl who looks like me <laughs> i mean uh, heart wise and uh, yeah. we want people to be kind and we want everyone at our office to understand that uh, we don't measure your efficiency in your deliverables we measure your efficiency in what happens around you so if you spend 10% of your day helping someone else then yeah then you made <laughs> then you made them better and that is efficiency too so we're um, we're working a lot on culture and uh, and how uh, how it is to work at no isolation but what what turning points in your life have actually influenced you the most The, the biggest and clearest aha moment for me was when I started studying computer science. Mm -hmm. I uh, I had no idea that that was what I was going to study. Uh, I thought I was going to be working in a bank. That was kind of what was expected of me. Always loved math. And uh, yeah, the bank world was the natural uh, natural next step. But then uh, a friend of mine convinced me to study computer science. And during those first weeks, a whole world opened up where... All of a sudden, I was nine years old again, and I could explore, and you could build something. And it might sound childish, but the simple fact that there were still things out there to be discovered—that was insane. That was a really, really insane feeling for me. <laughs> so, uh, and I think that world is yet to see, like beginning. Even we've seen, uh, we've seen the first stepping stones, and that's it. And this friend who convinced you about uh, going into computer science, is he or she still around near you? Yes, she's <laughs> actually a uh, <she. laughs> third generation friend. So our grandparents were best oh. friends and our moms were best friends. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I hang out with her quite a lot. And she's very happy I chose computer science <laughs> and I am too. So uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, I owe her a lot. Mm. Great. It's funny to, to see these kind of things <laughs> happening when you look back at it. Yes. But what, um, what is it for businesses, companies or organizations actually, I'm thinking, what is the good long-term formula? What do you think for them? I think I would have to say culture again. The fact that I feel like I've been working here for three days and it has been two years of really, really hard work that makes all of the difference. And yesterday, uh, one of our first employees, because we, we were just a founding team for the first six months. Uh, mm. But uh, so one of the first employees, he kind of came running into the office yesterday and yelled that I worked here for a year today. And it feels like I've been here a month. <laughs> that means something. And I think that uh, mm. that will keep us going forever if we can continue holding that cultural feeling of being part of something uh, bigger than yourself and that again is reflected in what you want to achieve right for us it does not matter what we're building it matters who we're helping and that we're doing it right and i think that was also extremely important when we started the company because we we founded it and my two co-founders moved to oslo they were living in Kristiansand, and all without us having any idea what our first product was going to be Like we, <laughs> I was running around interviewing parents and hospitals and organizations trying to figure out what happens to you mm -hmm. when you're 10 years old and you get a diagnosis. 
what happens then? Who are, who are there for you? What does the school do? And how can we make it better? Like, what is our role in that? And that's what we're doing with the seniors now as well. Like, what are the motivations? Who are there to help? What can we, mm-hmm. how can we adapt to this world? Instead of saying, hey, we have a really good idea. You have to adapt around us. Because mm-hmm. I, uh, I think that our way of thinking of it means that we will, will always fit. Because it's not the rest of the world that needs to adapt to us. We'll, uh, we'll keep changing for them. So true. And that will be interesting to follow and see how you do that process <laughs> of thinking in all other different markets. Because as long as we are moving around in, let's say, Europe at least, uh, yeah. then, uh, but you know, I'm thinking about huge markets, uh, the US, exactly. as you mentioned, but even East, going you know, yeah. the way East, you know, cultural differences and so on. That's really going to be. Yeah. And we have a huge job in front of us. <laughs> I'm well aware. Like, uh, no, no isolation means no loneliness. And uh, there's quite a few lonely people out there. So we, uh, <laughs> we got our uh, job cut out for us. But I, I bet also because you're working with such an important and meaningful thing that you will along the way get so much help from other companies and other people who yes. want to cooperate with you in different ways. So that's yeah. kind of- but if you would assume that, uh, you know, let's dream a little bit that you have, you know, all doors are open to you and you have all kinds of resources available. So what do you want to then innovate or change? <laughs> uh, I kind of feel like I'm in that insane situation right now. Uh, <laughs> we don't, of course, we don't have all the resources available to us, but um at the same time, I think that would only make us lazy. It's perfectly okay that we need to justify our choices because that keeps you on your toes. Mm. But I think if you poured all resources in the world at me right now, I would continue doing exactly what we're doing. Uh, we would be scaling faster. We would mm. try to hire people even faster than we are. But we, uh, we've been very lucky when it comes to fundraising. So we have uh, a lot of really, really good investors with us and they want to continue following us and sales is working. So I think, I think I would actually stay exactly where I am. That's, that's ridiculous. I, and of course I wouldn't cure world hunger and everything, but I have no idea how to go about that. So um, yeah, I think I would best serve the world by continuing doing what I'm doing. And if you could give, you know, one piece of advice to people that we would call leaders, not necessarily because of their, you know, role, but, but people who are leaders that are, you know, guiding or inspiring other people, what kind of advice would you give to them from your experience? Of- I'm still very new at this, I feel. Uh, so for me, it's, uh, it's still much more about learning how I can grow. So I, th- I think I'm a... I'm light years away from uh, saying that this is my lesson to the world. So far, we've, uh, we've been focusing a lot on the people who's here. And uh, I keep telling people that HR is the coolest job that we have. So if I could change my job, it would be HR. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, would, uh, I would definitely encourage other leaders to take care of the people around them and really show them that they appreciate the job that they're doing. And that is, is more as an entrepreneur as well, of course, there will always be an unfair amount of shares going to separate people. Like we started this. So if this goes well, that is not equally distributed with all of the people working here. So uh, really showing them that you appreciate the job that they're doing and yeah, mm. take every opportunity to, um, to tell them that and show them that and uh, trust them. 
And also, as you were mentioning before, you know, if you have a strong, uh, you know, culture and values and all that, that in yeah. itself is creating a, also a good, very good self-leadership yeah. for the people on board. So it will help you like past all obstacles. If we're all in a shitty situation for a couple of days, then they know that the sunny days are going to come again. And they know that people are noticing uh, what they're doing. And uh, no, I think the, the cultural thing is that it's the only thing that matters because then you can do literally anything. Mm. And if you were to give advice to yourself like 10 or 15 uh, years ago, what, what would it be? 15 years ago, I was uh, 11, 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In your case, maybe 10. <laughs> maybe 10. Uh, if it was 10, then I was, uh, yeah, 17 years old. I think I would tell myself that it doesn't matter if people like you or not. I think I'm, I'm way too prone mm. to adapting to other people. And uh, it's too important to me if people like me or not. And it, it really was when I was 17. And I'm, uh, <laughs> I think I can be a tough person to like at times because there's, uh, there's a lot of personality here. And I think I've, I've toned that down in, uh, in too many situations where I, uh, mm-hmm. where I shouldn't have cared whether or not people uh, like that person and uh, no that would definitely be the message to me it doesn't matter if they like you or not and I think I'm, I'm still struggling with it today the fact that it's uh, it's become a part of the personality where you keep adapting to other people instead of just saying fuck it I don't care if you like me or not so uh, yeah at 17 that would have been the message at 11 <laughs> I might have just given myself an ice cream uh, <laughs> another ice cream yeah. <laughs> but, what about, but what about today? I mean, from all that you've learned uh, over the past years and also building uh, this company uh, together with other people, what did it teach you about yourself? That I'm a lot stronger than I think. And uh, I think it's also the previous year, like this previous year has taught me that I, uh, I genuinely feel like I don't have to know everything. I have brilliant people around me. Uh, most of them a lot smarter than I am. And uh, no, I think I've, uh, it's really sinking in that I do not have to be on top of everything and I do not have to have control of everything. And, and that's a really good feeling. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, very happy with this previous year. And I have a, I have a chairman, the chairman of uh, the board of no isolation is, uh, is Martin Hauge. And he is extremely good at like, teaching me how mm-hmm. to feel about Mm. not being capable of everything because you're not, you'll, you'll never be. And uh, mm. he's been keeping uh, my head over water <laughs> in times of need. And uh, now I'm, uh, I'm a lot more comfortable in my own shoes now, even though I'm in a lot less comfortable situation. <laughs> With, uh, yeah. 50 employees and uh, yeah, offices in three, almost four countries. And uh a lot of stuff going on and most of it is way above my head and I still like I feel like it's okay and that's uh, that's really really nice yeah, that's a great great asset keep keep feeling that way because then uh, <laughs> you will continue to be in the flow in the good flow hopefully yeah but um what do you think is most important for each company on this earth the only thing that I can see all companies having in common is just the understanding of themselves and knowing they're trying to achieve. And all companies have different impacts. So 
everyone is influencing someone on some level and just being aware of what you're trying to achieve and how well you're achieving it is uh, is at least something I think think would make a company more magical hmm. and uh, no I'm uh, well each goal would differ a lot for each company of course so I'm uh, I'm not sure how to uh, how to explain it beyond that hmm. yeah oh, that's great and if we uh, and even a bigger question is if you if we lift ourselves higher and say okay what does the world need the most right now oh there I have the easiest answer actually i think uh, i think education is the only thing that absolutely everyone should be working on and i believe that the gap that we're seeing now uh, between those who are getting in a proper education and those who are not getting it is that gap is growing and i also believe that a lot of tension that we've been seeing in the west and between the west and the rest of the world and it's, it's growing because of education or a lack of education. And I also think that there's a, how do you explain that? There's a misunderstanding from the educated where they're, uh, they don't understand the hate that is coming from those without an education. But I also believe that that hate is absolutely justified. I, I really get it. And I think we, uh, we have a, we have a job to do where, uh, where education is uh, the thing that we should really make sure that everyone has access to. And uh, no, I think that's the biggest question. And uh, I know that I should, I should probably uh, say something about the environment, but I also think that the reason we haven't fixed our environment yet is a lack of education. So uh, I think we should begin at the root of uh, all the issues that we're seeing. And uh, yeah. I totally agree. Thank you so, so much, Karen. I, I really love talking to you and I'm uh, so uh, happy and proud about what you're doing and I wish you the best of luck. And if anything you want to send an extra message to the people who are listening in terms of how they could support or help or anything like that, please tell me. I think be aware of loneliness and take care of the people around you. Just give that extra phone call, take that extra half hour because what happens in minute 20 might be so much more magical than uh, the first five, even though it's super boring in the 10 minutes between. So uh, yeah, take the time and talk to everyone around you because it, uh, it will make all the difference in the world. Thank you so much. And uh, to find out more about Karen and her work, head to noisolation.com. And you can also follow her on Twitter at KDolva, so K-D-O-L-V-A. And also you can follow her on LinkedIn and Instagram. Okay, thank you, Karen. Thank you for listening. Until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao.